Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Aye, aye. This week, I am talking to the funny and brainy AF comedian, Athena Kablenu. Um, We're just a pair of adults eating some ice cream in the middle of the day, because we can do whatever we want to do. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Um, if you do me a huge favour, please, and uh, tell other people about it, you can do it on the internet or even to their face now if it's in a garden. Um, one way of telling other people about it is to leave it a five-star review on whatever thing that you listen to it via. Uh, that does help other people find out about the podcast, apparently. And if you've already been doing that, thank you so much. That's the biggest gift you could ever give me. Um, exciting news. I am in the early planning stages of... Um, a virtual live hoovering show with like a panel of guests and it'll be very interactive and very fun uh tickets aren't on sale yet and i'll be announcing the guests and a ticket link soon but secret sneaky news is to get the evening uh england time of sunday the 19th of july gently in a gentle pencil into your diary more information on that coming soon 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 if you've got any spare money i reckon give it to a food bank they are going great guns at the moment what would we do without them well we're stuffed actually wouldn't we maybe have to just get a better government so they didn't need to exist uh but yeah please support food banks if you've got spare money even after that i've uh, joined a new thing if you had say like a spare fiver and want to do a one-off payment on acast who uh put this podcast out for me so if you go to uh supporter.acast.com forward slash hoovering you'll see a little button you can click and give like any any one-off amount towards helping the podcast carry on that would be i'd be very grateful for that and there's a link obviously in the podcast notes as well if you wanted to become a patron you can go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you'll see like lush podcast related things that i swap in exchange for a monthly amount from you from tiny to big um for example uh some of my patrons will be getting discounted or even free tickets to this virtual hoovering live show later in the month wahoo um okay athena and i met remotely because even though we're both london based um gardens were complicated at the time and it made no sense with childcare and stuff that day we met for pudding after our lunches some call it pudding some call it sweet means i'm hoping to get sweet means to stick actually as an alternative to the word pudding the, the word pudding is so 2019 um uh, and athena and i were talking over zoom if there are tiny little delays sometimes between the things that we say to each other your partner's birthday so you've got some cake in 
Yes, yes, because he's got some two grown-up kids. So that's the best way to do it, because when they're growing up, they're useful, isn't it? So yes. um, his eldest daughter uh, bakes a beautiful lemon drizzle with buttercream and icing <gasps> and stuff. That was yes. it. So he went to Tesco's and bought their shitty little cupcakes, and I was like, oh, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> so when she came with a cake, I was like, yes. She said, that's it up. So, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, that, was, that, that saved the day. That was great. <laughs> No one should be left in charge of getting their own birthday cake because you look like an arsehole if you go big. He and wouldn't then... let me do it. He was oh. like, they're going to buy cakes. And I was like, well, let's see what a Tesco Express has got for you then because that's all you win. <laughs> you know I mean? He was like, you buy shit cakes, you buy shit ice cream. And I was like, all right, then go on then. Buy, your, right. cake. buy your cakes. Yeah. Ice- Are you having ice cream with your cake? I am. I'm having an Alpro vegan ice cream. Not because I'm vegan, but just because he doesn't eat it. The Ooh. whole you buy shit ice cream comes from the fact that I bought vegan ice cream once. And it's been One the, time. It's been in the freezer for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he, just, so he goes, mm, and, mm, he just nibbles it to humour me. Um, but... <laughs> I don't know what I know he likes it but he's not eating it to make a point yeah that happens doesn't it actually it's a power play absolutely um, um, is it that Alpro hazelnut one that's the only one I've seen this is a chocolate swirl it's chocolate and vanilla because I'm Mm. personally a vanilla fan and a lot of people because we're brought up on the five litre tubs of vanilla from B-Jams we can't bear you know we can't bear vanilla ever again but I actually I think vanilla I love vanilla I love the smell and the taste so I don't mind a cart door I'm not above it, you know? I'm not above a cart door. Exactly. Isn't there that, there's that one called, um, is it Kelly's? That's really oh, nice. Kelly's, yeah, that, 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 that blue, that really traditional. Yeah. I know ice cream. <coughs> Sorry, my thing, it says crying alert on my monitor, but we'll ignore that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That's my kind of parenting right I, I there. Can't, I can't hear her crying, so I think she's just making a lot of banging noise. Yeah, and she's the monitor pro- doesn't know the difference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So until I hear the cry, and I don't believe the monitor. Um, Fair play. Fair play. Yeah, I don't like, follow well, machines. Now machines prove it. Me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, that, yeah, that is Cornish ice cream, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it lovely. tastes like fr- actual frozen cream. I love it. I mean, I, that's, I like that brand totally. And I'm not, I'm not even an ice cream person. I'm not a huge ice cream fan. No. Oh, I'm so sorry then. Oh, it's a treat. I should... So I have it like once every now and again for a treat. Mm. But for example, like some people have it like every day or a lot. Yeah. Um, I like gelato, so I like it on a holiday. Oh, you know? yeah. I like my ice cream to taste like kiwi fruit. You know, that's oh, what I really, nice. You know when you go to like Rome or Barcelona and you go to ice, you have your ice cream, then you come back home and you think, oh, this isn't is ice cream, is it? This possible. isn't the same. It's sugar. Yeah. It's so true. Um, and are you swanky enough? I'm not to actually know what the difference between gelato and ice cream is. Just I thought it was just Italian for gelato, for ice cream. <laughs> One's tasty and one's not, you know? <laughs> like, that's the only... Re- like, when I go for gelato, I, I know that the flavours yeah. will be really powerful. So if I'm getting, like, a hazelnut and avocado, it's literally oh. going to taste like hazelnut. And it sounds disgusting on paper. Then you eat it, and then you're just like, yeah, I'll take it all. I you want know? it all. Like, I'll have 17 scoops. Make it happen, man. Make it happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> get, out, get out your engineer. <laughs> if it takes five of you, it takes five of you, but I'm not leaving. I want 17 on that cone. You know? <laughs> ice cream is just a tub of, sh- a tub of sugar, isn't it, really? I think that's why it's yeah. like I, I sort of naively, universally assume it's loved because I saw something years ago, this documentary about the stuff that makes m- almost everyone go like, food-wise or pudding-wise anyway, is almost 50-50 fat and sugar and ice cream, donuts. There's loads of, like, there's loads of things that meet almost the exact ratio, and that's why they're so delicious. It's a science, though. It's a science. And it's a a corruption. So I'm genuinely... A few years ago, I I just got with this guy who was like, I don't have to say this to you, Athena, but you eat too much sugar. And it was before, like, fat shaming, so I just... Rather than have a go, I listened. (laughs) You know? I was like... I was like, you're already right, actually. (laughs) And he he really educated me on... uh, Because he was... You know, he was just very into food and stuff like that. And he really educated me on the addictive... uh, the addictive uh, faculties of sugar and yeah. also how it's used to manipulate us to be like, oh, this is delicious. But really what they're doing is they're sending us the cheapest possible product for the most possible price and yeah. making it so we keep buying it over and over. So by once putting I start, sugar into stuff. By putting sugar into it, yeah. Mm. Um, and by re- replacing fat with sugar as well. Um, and so I started to divorce myself from, oh, this is delicious to like, it's bad. 
No, that's not exactly because it's, this is capitalism. It's capitalism. Just you always got to see it's capitalism. Okay, it's all about them trying to make us addicted to shit. They want us to, like I said, they want us to have the cheapest possible food for the highest possible pr- price, and they want us to be addicted to it. So they yeah. sell us food that keeps us hungry. So how is this? This isn't this is unethical. You're selling me something that won't satiate me. You're selling me drinks that keep me thirsty, right? Yeah. So, yeah. That's how I keep myself in check. Like I know my body says it wants this, but I also know it's been designed. So that's why the biggest companies in the world are food companies, Procter yeah. & Gamble. And I'm still really Star. enjoying my ice cream while you're saying all this, it just went today. It's like knowledge is power. So whilst you enjoy mm. it, just know you're fighting against capitalism by know, you know like when you're in a relationship with someone you know is an asshole, but you know it, so it's all right. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like paying your council tax. Yeah. I know if your council ain't fucking shit, right? Picking up yeah. my bins once a fortnight. This is a, you pay your council tax. It's like that. So you pay, <laughs> you give them the money, but you, you have your eyes wide open. That's kind yeah. of. Um, but it is when you think about it. Like, call, if I'm going to be an anti-capitalist, I have to and still buy trainers and still eat Pringles and stuff. You have to be aware yeah. of, of this kind of. Oh thing. God, completely. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I mean, well, two points. One on the on the kind of like politics side of it the capitalism side of it like obviously that mm. if you put sugar in stuff it's going to make more people want it if you, it depends if you're marketing it to kids and stuff then you know there's going to be like people are going to feel like morally compelled just or like just to keep their kid quiet that they'll get it like uh, 100% agree there's a dark side to that also I, I mean it was all it, you, you can only uh, it's, it feels terrible to say you can only do what you can do but it is it, it becomes a point of exactly that going well my eyes are open to it I'm fully aware I'm sucking Satan's cock every time I drink a Diet Coke <laughs> like I, but years ago I remember going to an amazing Mark Thomas show all about Coca-Cola the brand and the like evil history and all the stuff they're doing in oh, I mean all over the world but they, at the time it was South and Central America kind of like taking over Oh, oh, like you, oh, you would find guys and yeah, taking over water supplies exactly. Yeah. yeah, and there were like Mayan shrines um, with Coca Cola bottles in, and kids getting babies getting given Coca Cola because there's no clean water. Like it's madness. So, and I sat there not really knowing what the show was about, even though it's probably called "I'll Stop You Drinking Coca Cola." And I walked into it with a diet coke. <laughs> and this is years ago. I think I was in my late teens. And um, I was so embarrassed by the end that I'd like hid it. And I didn't drink a Coca-Cola product for 10 years. But the shit I got all the way through that from people going, oh, yeah, because Pepsi are loads better. Or, you know, there'll be some other. Yeah, exactly. While I was doing that, I was like driving my petrol car around like, you know. It's hard, yeah, because we participate in it and it's very hard yeah. to escape it. The, the first thing we can do is, is is know about it and then make make changes as and when we can. Coca-Cola strips own so many things anyway. You'd have to mm. boycott boycott Fanta, fuck off, I'm not doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like real I don't know if you're aware, but like in um in West Africa from Ghana, like we have we have all this stuff in glass bottles, right? And it tastes different because they manufacture it over there. So oh, um and you know, you, you and it just tastes delicious it's delicious. I mean, so you get, you know, it, Ghanaian Fantas, if anyone's listening has access to where they can get you some Ghanaian Fantas in North London, please send them to me. They're just syrupy and thick, but they, they mm. just, they're just so nice when they're chilled. And there's something really special about drinking out of a glass bottle, isn't it? It's way yeah. nicer. I love drinking beer out of a glass bottle. That's the best way to have a beer. Oh, I um, love drinking beer out of a glass bottle. I don't understand people way. that ask for a glass no. when it comes in a glass bottle. No, I read this, um, oh, who's that Japanese writer? Uh, I can't remember his name, but he wrote, he has a, a, a Wind Up Bird trilogy books and there's this one one of the books the detective and he's like, there's a detective in there right? and he always he spends the whole book just opening bottles of beer and drinking it but the way he describes this ritual it's just like I always had to, nice. I got to the point when I was reading this book I'd have to have a beer because yeah. I, I knew he would describe drinking this co- ice cold beer with like a, you know wet glass outside and the water dripping outside of it and really cold to touch it's got a little cold rim you just want a um, you, you just want a beer and I lived opposite yeah. uh, uh, I lived opposite a, um, a Nisa that uh, that used to sell cheap San Miguel's so it was just like it was just like God saying Athena this is this is why you bought this house you can read this book and drink beers all afternoon or this um there's something I think yeah I can't like the idea of a cold beer is such an like it's such a distinctive it's so easy to crystallise 
like what it's going to taste like how it's going to feel like it's more than just the thing itself isn't it it like sort of symbolizes stopping and relaxing it symbolizes the sun shining like for me that's those things it's that make a cold beer it's a kick-out for grown-ups it's just like take a break I'm having a beer take a break yeah and it works, yeah, it works on summer's day and it actually works in winter as well. It's just and there's an it, but there's still an innocence to it, I think, compared to like a gin and tonic or like, <laughs> isn't yeah, it? Really like, it's still like, mean. oh, you could do that at three o'clock and not have a problem and <laughs> still be in control of your life. <laughs> your life. It's rehydration, you know, it's not yeah. like I'm doing this, to, I'm doing this to get like, to get like wavy or because I'm on it. I'm just, yeah. enjoy, I mean, I'm savouring. Yeah. Savoring. Yeah, oh, I think it's telling actually that I think in kind of a normal day to day life, like because I like all different drinks, I kind of really make an effort to mix it up. And but um, during lockdown, like I've just always made sure I've had beers in. I think that's the <laughs> and I'm not a huge drinker these days. I've used to drink a lot. Um, yeah. I, my thing is, I always say I've done everything it's possible to do whilst drinking. So I've peaked. You know, what am I going to do next? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, so I don't drink so much these days, but I totally agree with you. What I do have in house is beer. I think because it's not, I don't like getting drunk on beer. Personally, you have to have too yeah. much of it. It's not that alcoholic, um, and it just makes you. You know, you just go to the toilet every five minutes. It's yeah, just so, I just think urinating is, and drinking is so frustrating. It's like just getting in the way of my drinking. In the way of <laughs> all, this, all this urinating. Um, so like, having too much, and it's a very bloating thing to have, you know, yeah. the volume. I feel the same about wine as well. I don't like getting drunk on wine because the volume of it is just, there's just so much you have to it's drink. too much, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it. You have you have some beers in, the, beers in the house and you enjoy a bottle and it's lovely. Yeah. It is so lovely. I like one now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Actually, I've got to do some driving later this afternoon or I would. Have you been you don't drink very much anymore but like during lockdown i found him um, i suppose it's suppose, same with anything like a lot more aware of um well just of everything like aware of what i'm drinking and aware of what i'm eating and um aware of how what i'm eating or i'm drinking make me feel in a way that i'm normally too busy to and i'm still mm. fucking busy i think if you've got a kid in the middle of this it's not like you were reading 10 books a day and like, as you well know. Well, actually, like, I've been... No, I haven't. I've been oh, here we go. <laughs> no, I haven't done... I've, been, I've not done, like... You can't with a kid. That's the one thing you can't do and you've got a kid in there at home is increase your workload. It's yeah. very difficult, yeah. Um, Dana Alexander told me ages ago that you're an amazing cook. Are that's you big into pra- cooking? That's high praise, because I know Dana throws down in the kitchen. I don't know if you she know, does. we share a place, and yeah, she throws down, and yeah, we, do, we both share a love of cooking, for sure. I love I love cooking, I cook a lot, and it's, yeah. I just think, cook- first of all, I think cooking's a life skill, so um, I don't, I'm, if I meet someone who says they can't cook, I'd be like, why would you tell people that? That's like telling people you, you scratch your ass for pleasure. Like, you know, like you, you might do it, but you wouldn't just bring it out. Like you, you yeah. just, just scratch your ass for pleasure and leave it there. So like, so, um, you know, people say, well, you know, I can't cook rice. I just think that's the why, this is not something to be proud of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rice is a staple, dude. Um, it has instructions on the back of it. Like all, like, just follow them. Yeah. Um, so it's a life skill. Um, so I love cooking for that reason. And I just love, I just think food's great. It's when you've got nothing to offer. And I have in many times in my life, I've had nothing. I've always been able to offer food, you know? And I, and yeah. that's how we were brought up as well. Like we weren't, um, you know, when you don't, we didn't, I never, I look back on my childhood and I think, you know what? We never had like nice trainers or we never went to like all inclusive holidays. Like all my friends did and we never did so many things, but I swear to God, we always had the most amazing food. Like, that's amazing I, that's amazing yeah. so I look back on that and I think I wouldn't exchange that for I mean maybe one pair of gazelles mum do you know what I mean <laughs> maybe 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 like something like, but no I wouldn't I remember when I went to, when I went to uni I had never seen frozen sausages before I didn't know you, you could buy frozen that's how sport we were we didn't have right. amazing um so that's very, very that was a very, very valuable life lesson. I carry it with me almost every day. I hope my, I hope my kid inherits that too. Maybe she won't. Kids oh, have- I hope so. I think it's so funny, isn't it? I don't know how, whether you talk about your kid or if you'd say how old your kid is. Yeah, yeah, she's twenty. She's getting towards twenty-one months now. Oh, nearly yeah. two. So yeah, mine's mine's nearly five, um, and um, 
I'm desperately like trying to get him to get into cooking. Trying like, and if it's something he knows in advance he's going to want to eat, like cake or whatever, then he'll put he'll put the graft in. But it's not like I, I've learned so far. You can't like instill a love of cooking and feeding people. But I think it is sort of it's in terms of whatever the whatever the culture in your home is in terms of like how you talk about food that someone else has made for you and stuff that at least i've got down i feel like he goes this is delicious yeah. or, oh this is awesome or this is disgusting or, you know <laughs> yeah, but like, i want to hear that too i want to hear yeah. well, my child my, from, my child's been very communicative from day one i hadn't realized babies are so communicative when they couldn't do yeah. anything they could push a spoon away you know they could be like, yeah, yeah. no <laughs> and it's like oh, there's nothing and you, you know the way they shut their mouths and there's you you have this idea of saying, well, I'll just overpower them and stick it. No, you can't. You cannot feed a baby something a baby doesn't want to eat. Please. That mouth goes. And yeah. then the, head, the face goes from the left to the right. They will backflip. They will do things they're not physically capable of doing. And it will be like, it's an olive. It's a carrot. It's a bit of broccoli. It's not worth it. But they, yeah. it's worth it to them. So I don't mind when she says, I don't like this because I like... I like fair play, yeah. Because it's a challenge to me. I'm like, you go and like it. But also, it's like, it's having opinions, isn't it? It's her going, yeah. oh, this I don't like this texture, or I like that texture. I don't like this color. I think uh, there are things I don't like, you know. Yeah. So you know, as long as you know, as long as it's, it's not all the time, <laughs> she's not. Spitting. Oh well, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. I was going to say, like, I, I I completely agree in theory, but actually, when when three times a day you've cooked something for someone who's gone, this is disgusting for me. This is horrible. You and I think I'm there going doing the, that thing where you t you try and go, well, I'm really enjoying it. I like the way it tastes a little bit like smoky and he'll go, yeah, for you. For me, it's horrible. I'm yeah, like, that's, that's quite articulate. But when you, you know, that's, this is what people are like, you know, articulate kids are good. They're not, you know, like. Yeah, they're precocious. It's better, it's better if they don't know the words. It's better if they just go, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I find this, I find this disgusting. You're insulting me. Like, how are you learning that word? Yeah. Really? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just learn the compliment words. It's objectionable, mummy. It's just like, no, thank like, you. Let's, let's, let's not read ever again. It's such a point. Such a good point. Oh, I thought of a new question that I'm going to ask people. Uh, um, are there any foods or drinks that you hate that most people love? Oh, God, that's an excellent question. Um, oh, thanks. Well, I, I don't like creamy things. Oh, that's um, interesting. So but I'm, you are into vanilla ice cream. So this is where it gets to... I'm, quite fussy about my creamy thing so for example ice cream i can deal with yeah um, but whipped cream like if someone had like you know like cream that creep that squeezy cream you used to buy oh yeah they go yeah. into your or mouth like you know just generally whipped cream don't like it at all right. um, unless it's in a profiterole then it's allowed okay i don't like single cream so, oh, single cream in no circumstances will I right. have single cream. Just as in like a runny white liquid poured straight onto it. No, yeah, no, you've done it. If you're listening, Athena's just done a really funny face. It's like vomit inducing. Um, yeah. And generally, if I'm someone serving like custards, I'm not a custard person. Creme brulee, I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but don't serve me custard. So when it comes to creamy taste, I'm a, a bit of a fussy eater. There are some yeah. things I won't, I won't accept. Um, that's yeah and people find that odd but you just have to accept that 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 comes with me Do you know what I mean? uh, yeah i get it i think that comes with lots of people also I, I love how clearly you know your own mind and now it explains a bit more like that when your daughter doesn't like something you're like it's a challenge because you know <laughs> she might not like broccoli one day but the next day maybe you'll roast it and do do you know what i mean you're like, i'm gonna do this in every carnation till i find the one incarnation till i find the one you like it in. <laughs> yeah I oh, love it. Um, is she, is your kid a good, is she a fan of eating? Have you found that right? Yeah, Rocky no, Road good, so she's, far? She's a good eater. Um, she's a good eater. I'm very, I, I'm, I'm, I, look, whatever, I'm lucky. The girl sleeps, the girl eats, you know? Yeah, like, it's a dream. Know, I'm, I'm lucky. Um, and she not only, she tends to eat, from the beginning, she never liked baby food. She liked to eat what we ate. So, yeah. um, we'd, I, was, I lived in my mum's house for a year um, and my mum would cook. My mum's, um, Indo-Guyanese, uh, so and we, but she lived in Ghana for a long for age, so we eat Ghanaian and Indian. We also eat like we eat everything basically, and 
my daughter would look at her food and look at my food and just be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> what the fuck is this Ella's Kitchen shit? You know, like, it might... It I might don't blame her. Have you tasted it? It might be well-branded, but this is not Oof. for me. And, you know, whilst I'm sat with my, with my sort of um, fried fish and my pumpkin and my roti and my spinach stews and, and whatever, my okra. So, and she would, and so she would literally not eat her dinner and then we'd be able to spoon our dinner into her and she'd eat that. And we were just like, it's fine by me do you know what I mean like I get to prepare one meal now so yeah. I think that's just because I, I don't know why she turned out that way I think because we always ate around her um, and she was with me a lot for a long time so she was always with me whilst I was eating I did a lot of lunches yeah. and brunches blah 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 so I guess she just ended up thinking she was a grown up <laughs> do you know what I mean she just she spent Love so it. much time with me and with her grandma um, in those early years she just was like you know so she's just going to go to school and look at school dinners and she's going to be very arsehole about it. Like, not, <laughs> you know, just, yesterday for her dinner, she had fucking pan-fried salmon and oh. roti, and um, uh, aloo roti, which is like a potato roti. And I was mm. thought, you're not going to take your school dinners, are you? You're not going to have no fucking alpha spaghetti or whatever they give them these days. So oh. you're going to call Jamie Oliver up and be like, uh, excuse me. I was, I've, I was, I was I've made just been to offered be a Twizzler. I've just been <laughs> offered a Twizzler and um, yeah. uh, someone needs to know. Um, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I think it's, it's funny, funny, isn't it? I um, I think I remember my um kids' nursery does like a hot meal at lunchtime, and um, I had been like making him all stuff at home, and he'd been eating it really well. And then um, there was one time where I said, "Oh, I don't think he was even one years old," and I was like, "What's? Can I ask what he's had for lunch?" And they were like, "Yeah, he's had hoops and um." A, cupcake I was like what <laughs> and I realised that at nursery every day and I had the same thing I was like I don't think you know I think he'll, he's going to want this beautiful home cooked food full of flavour and actually he's like no just he's happily smashing back the nuggets <laughs> and it's like they see the other kids eating it and then they yeah. come home and they look at your curry and they're like what the hell is this I know <laughs> so well like the amount of people I've spoken to on this podcast who were as adults realised how what an incredible thing it was to have a parent or parents who um, who cooked amazing food for them at home. Um, but actually at school, when that was their packed lunches, they were embarrassed of it because you just want to be like everyone else, I suppose. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every, it's very much a minority experience when your mates come around and your mum's made fufu and you think, oh, my God. Like, oh, no. And it, if you don't know what it is, you'll be like, you, you think it's plasticine, right? Yeah. And... <laughs> You know, if you genuinely don't know what it is, it's yeah. basically, I don't know if you know, but it's just mashed up carbs. It's like, right. it's like mashed potato, but very smooth. And it's so smooth. It's sort of, you, can, you basically pick it up with your hand and you eat soup with it. Okay, oh! It's like a massive dumpling, if that's if I can describe it that way. Amazing. Um, Ruby Tando's got a wicked recipe for it that I was going to try making, oh. but I've never had it before. Yeah, yeah oh, it, it sounds like, incredible. It's, it's, it is, uh, but you know, when you're, when you're 12 years old, you just yeah. want fish fingers and sausage yeah. and, and whatever and that's you know a lot of that is just tribal isn't it you don't mm. want to feel you don't want to feel different you want to feel the same as everyone else and yeah so a lot of it is just the natural your natural urge to um, not be rejected by the people around you true um, and were you so um you talked a bit about eating growing up but were you cooking as well as being well fed yeah yeah so my mum my mum is indian so she, i was and i'm a girl so i was put to work <laughs> really, you know, straight up I was, I, was, I was put to work uh, which is oh, like you know again they're blessing in disguise because now it's my brother's constantly yeah. how do you make this how do you make that tell me how you, you know so yeah which is a shame actually because i think when you live come from a very patriarchal society like something is denied from the men as well that's something that's denied to the women, right? So I was probably denied yeah. a little bit of freedom because I had to come home maybe early to cook or have that responsibility. And my brothers have been denied like that connection to their culture because it wasn't like it like forced into them, you know? And they weren't yeah. going to volunteer, volunteer themselves into the kitchen. So that's a bit of a shame. But um, at, yeah, I was I was made to cook early. I was, I was, a, little, I was a little sous chef, you know? Oh. I, was a little, I was a little sous chef. But my mum did, I've got a twin brother and we did bake. We used to bake most Sundays. We do that together. 
Um, That's nice. Yeah, it's a, it is a nice thing to do. It's weird. You're right. It is hard to get your kids to love food and cooking because it's hard to get your kids to love anything. They like what they like. Exactly. Um, you don't get much say, as much say as you'd like over their personality, ultimately, is it? But, it's, not, it's not a checkbox, is it? You can't just be like, yeah, I'll take yeah. these characteristics. Thank you, God. I wanted, like, yeah, I, yeah, I wanted a really, I wanted, a, like, a fat, stagnant baby that barely moved. <laughs> I wanted, like, obviously a happy one. I wanted a really gentle boy got a really violent one I wanted like one that's really sort of into cooking and but it, it, do you know what at least now he's old enough to have that com- one you have a conversation where if he's not interested in helping you in the kitchen that day there's no point pushing it there's, yeah. there's no point raging over it get like getting into a fallout about it but also he's getting old enough that I can have that conversation of going exactly like you were just saying about you know I don't want him to miss out on something because he's happy just sitting there getting it done for him. Yeah. Because ultimately, I was like, you're going to have more friends and lovers and people love you if you can... Because it's a way of giving and showing love, like, ultimately, oh, feeding people. It's like, you're going it's, to... It's going to enrich your life in a thousand different ways if you bother trying to get confident with this. Food is offering when you when people it, it's there are so many stories about you know when you want to bribe someone you cook for yeah. them. You know what I mean when you're when you want to ask someone's forgiveness up and you cook for them when you yeah. want to show someone you love them you cook for them you know it's just like as well as it just being a day to day reality of you got to eat to live right so it goes from yeah. this ordinary banality to this incredible show of of emotion um, and it's yeah it's so again that's part of that life you've got that life school you get to you get to show that you get to sustain yourself on a basic level or you get to like really impress someone and all you've needed is flour and water and butter you know what yeah, I mean you know, yeah. you've, got a, and you've got a chapati so it's it's like not um, it, it, yeah like I don't know I don't know if my daughter's going to like cooking but I know that she's going to I just want her to have the fundamental skill and if it yeah. becomes something that she becomes passionate about as long as she can just feed herself I think that's all I can ask of her. But yeah, my so mum, yeah. Because a lot of it, it was just like, yeah, my mum cooked everything and she cooked everything from scratch and she was keen to learn how to cook to the point where, like, we we probably had more home-cooked British food than my friends with British-born parents, yeah. right? Because my mum had made a real effort to buy all that Mary Berry and good housekeeping cookbooks so really did she this wonderful collection of 70s cookbooks from when my mum got really settled in this country and oh really like the yeah. Hamlin all colour cookbook and all yeah, of those like classics this, yeah like and it's yeah and it's all what like pies and roast recipes and cakes and breads and nice cake decorating it's very old school but we were brought up in that so I remember like we used to make steak and kidney pies we used to buy all the kind of offal and all this yeah which obviously I don't eat meat anymore, but you know I got you know I was brought up on that, and I think because we always saw that process, yeah, we, as a family, me and my brothers, we genu- we were genuinely appreciative of it. We never found it boring or dull. Um, no, but it, was just, it was just me that had to do the cooking. Unfortunately. <laughs> Damn you, patriarchy! You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I was an only child and my my dad did all the cooking when I was little, but it was only there at weekends. But it wasn't like, 
my nana i did some my nana did some showing me how to make things yeah um basically just scrambled eggs though and the base for a white sauce like a roux that was it that if you can make a roux do you know how many other things you can make do you know exactly you could do mac and cheese fish yeah. sauce you know yeah. so stuff I was like that. that the other day yeah, yeah. totally like loads of white sauce you're sorted is you that a level of creaminess you can cope with a white sauce i'm very fussy about white sauces so i use soy milk i won't use normal milk to make a right. white sauce are you vegan and, no i'm not no, but no. i think as a consequence of liking cream i have a lot of yeah. non-dairy alternatives in my life and i think vegans are right so you know i honor yeah. that with non-dairy <laughs> non- <laughs> they are fucking right well, who they are. To argue with them bloody hell um, and um, I'm, I tend I'm like really thick and I, I, I never have a right sauce on its own so it will always have cheese in it or yes. like I'll always put like make it really herbal I really love stirring spinach spinach into a white sauce mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Done that. Um, oh yeah make it nice and thick and yeah. stir, I mean, stir spinach like really irony and it's so it's just quite nice of like um, if you have like a fishy pasta um, oh, nice. add it with like fish and makes it with pasta it's like a really quick really quick dish um so yeah, I try. Yeah, my white sauces are never just white sauce. Oh, that sounds that really so good. Yeah. <laughs> I've um, I've just eaten the mac and cheese with cauliflower in it. I made yesterday. All right, get that on my list to do again soon. Mm. Remember the favourite trick I ever learned with making a white sauce that you're going to do with something like fishy pasta or fish bake is to poach, poach the fish, especially any smoked fish in the milk, and then use that milk in the roux. Afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah, of that's course. Fit, got, yeah, that's that's lovely. Yeah, 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 that's lovely, and and it makes total sense. Just like it just gets the full flavour in it because milk and butter and flour, it does not taste of anything. Um, no. So it's yeah, that sounds delicious. I'm gonna remember that's it. Yeah. Were you um, stressed out during? Um, was there ever a, a patch during lockdown where you couldn't get hold of the stuff you wanted to if you were big into cooking? Like the flour, there was flour issues and eggs and issues, weren't I've there? Got a a real, I had a real beef with the flour situation because I use a lot of flour. I make a lot of dumplings, I make a lot of yeah. pancakes. Uh, I, always, I said, I've said roti about 50 times already because I make a lot of roti. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Um, and baking. So I'm very much a leftover. So I make a lot of carrot cake and banana cake. You always have so whatever. Mm. So I'm a flower. I have flour. And I, as a consequence, I had maybe three or four bags in my cupboard anyway because I use it a lot. So when I went back to the shops to, to do a re-up and, I, um, and there wasn't any there, I thought these, these people, I just thought if you just started baking in the last eight weeks, you should, there should be, you should shield. You know what I mean? You yeah. shouldn't be, because you, you're ruining it for the rest of us. You know, we was, you're late. You're late. Yeah. Some of us was about this life. Okay. Some of us was about this life. And, and what you're doing is you're denying an addict their supply. You're just new. You're new to this. But I was genuinely, I was like, flour, what are you, what are you fucking doing? Because my three bags of flour, even as someone who bakes a lot, will last me a fairly long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what are these people doing? Oh my God. And what would be worse was when people would make their sourdough bread, fuck it up and put it in a bin. It's like, so not only are you buying all this flour, you're making yeah. shit bread with it. No, <laughs> stop it. No. <laughs> I was very, I was very emotional about that. The eggs, you can use, there are lots of things you can use as alternatives to eggs. Uh, so yeah. what I thought, again, I don't know what you guys are doing. You know, you can make a nice cake with three eggs. Why I can't buy one <laughs> in the supermarket is beyond yeah. me. I thought it was Greg's. I was like, this is, this is a conspiracy. This, it's not humans doing this on an individual basis. It's someone out there. You know when people do world record attempts to make the world's largest pancake and the pancakes oh, are the yeah. I thought some arsehole was doing that. It got that bad. Um, and it's like, at, <laughs> really, during lockdown? During time? Um, but of all the times yeah. for Greg's to sponsor the world's biggest <laughs> pancake competition. It was mad. And the yeast thing as well. I mean, and I rarely oh, yeah. use yeast. And... Um, because um, I use baking soda, but guess what? You couldn't buy no baking soda either. Don't worry, oh. I had some baking soda anyway, guys. So I didn't need it. Phew. But I would still look to see if the supermarket had any, so I could be really pissed off that it didn't. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I could just be like, you guys are mad. Um, <laughs> but I think it's, I don't know if it's calmed down. Actually, did you notice the supermarket started selling like 20 kilo bags? Yeah. Did you notice that? I mean, Every- I'm quite into that. Like, I've always bought, like, I've, uh, the amount of times, like, I feel bad whenever, especially during now, but always, I think basically I've got a little bit of a supermarket addiction and um, it doesn't have to be a big supermarket, but like at least once a day I go into some food shop. I couldn't give a fuck about shopping generally (laughs) and like 
I'll think of one small thing that I want, but to, I've worked, I've realised that what I'll do is to appease, sort of, is that the right word? To appease my guilt at that, because I know I'm going in just to get, like, one thing I don't really need. If they've also got, like, massive bags of basmati rice, oh, I'll, like, hoik that yeah. over the shoulder. Like, never, like, got five kilograms of stuff like lentils, rice. I love getting a, like, well, massive well, bag of... Is, like- we were, yeah, bulk, we only, I've only ever bought bulk bought. I was put up on a bulk buying yeah. thing. However, the reason I won't do it for flour is if you buy, if I buy one bag of flour and I put it in my cupboard, which is what I do, my, cupboard, my flour cupboard is a flour cupboard. It's, flour cupboard. it's everywhere, you know, it's like, and I bake and the flour is everywhere. And it's all yeah. over. I can't imagine what one of those bags of flour would do to my home. Like, I just cannot, it looked like a fucking Santa's grotto by the time. <laughs> Just so I feel like you don't need that much flour. Rice is very, you know, we actually, yeah. you know, what we use. We had um, years and years ago with some painting and decorating, and we got like, you know, those paint. It's like a massive paint bucket, and it literally fits about ten kilos of rice in it. So we just decant it. Into, we cleaned it, obviously. So we decant it into this huge paint bucket, and it works great. But with flour, I just think the idea of pouring twenty kilos of flour into another bucket, it would just be like. Like, yeah. a, like a nuclear flower dust storm. Yeah, what well, it's one of the most cloud. pervasive dusts, isn't it? It just yeah. gets everywhere, like talc. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Big bags of flour. At least do them in sturdier buckets. I wonder <laughs> yeah. whether I should. Um, yeah, well, oh, you don't have to answer, but would you say you'd always had an uncomplicated or simple relationship with eating, or has it ever been? No, yes, I have it now, but I think I was an overeater as a, as a younger person, um, massively so. When you grow up in a in a household, which is where you just have the most, you know, it's just ama- I'm, I'm very lucky. I always say that people say, like, mixed-race kids are, like, really pretty. We're not, we're as busted as you are. Um, <laughs> however, um, fusion food, Fusion food is pretty much the cuisine that is the most delicious cuisine in the world. It's always the cuisine yeah. that's been informed by different cultures. It's just, it's just no coincidence that the best tasted food is the food that's been influenced by the people. And I grew up in a household of Caribbean, African and Indian food, and that's native to me. I can claim all of that as authentic. So I grew yeah. up in, you know, and of course then I had a mum who then had to make British food and she then had to, so I, that's, of course, I'm a, I was an overeater, <laughs> and she was a feeder, right? So... Um, but what do you mean overeating though? Because... What, beyond the point of fullness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comfort eating. But for eating fun. fun. It's always fun until you reflect yeah. in it and you think, oh, that wasn't fun. Do you know what I mean? I'm, and then I went through a stage of like, um, it was, yeah, I would just, if I was bored, I would eat. If I was not bored, I would eat. If I would, I would just eat, eat, eat. And we always, not only did we have like the really good, wholesome, made from scratch stuff, we also had a house and we had like donuts and you know, big loaves of fresh white bread and jam and all that ice creams and all that stuff. And I think as I got older, you know, when you when you're young, you tend to get assigned a personality, and then it becomes all about filling that in and be yeah. just living up to it, rather than saying actually no. So I was always the Athena will eat that. You know, I was that yeah, one. Yeah, Athena yeah, will yeah. eat that. Oh, Athena, you know, you oh, there's an eating competition before man versus food. It was like. You know, we, you know, oh, we all have two pizzas and blah, 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 blah. Um, so after, after, I don't even know what made me reflect on it. I just, <laughs> one day I just thought, I don't, I, I don't want to eat all the time. It feel very nice. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. No, I don't Brilliant. And I got, it was, I went and I got away, you know, you, you go, you, you get older and you get away and all of a sudden you don't have to be that person anymore. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean I don't eat. A pleasure anymore but yeah and then i guess maybe i went maybe the other way like you should never weigh porridge guys when you start weighing your porridge it's, it's, it's life's over i couldn't yeah. agree more so probably or weighing anything way. i think it's well, a it's an unhappy road isn't it it's, it's just obsessive and who gives a shit am i sponsored by adidas i don't fucking care so then you know it's just it was, but it was more i don't know what that was about really i and then that so now um i don't <laughs> Such a nice, happy, simple story. And now, I don't. It's it's as simple as that, though. It is. Say scrumdiddly-umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. Scrumdiddly-umptious. There's got to be lots of things as well there, haven't there, to do with, like, where you... 
I don't know where, as a kid, we do things in kind of manic ways. So beautifully put that we're assigned a personality. It's mm. so true, isn't it? And, um, yeah, and I think especially if, and if it sounds like, you know, and you're in a house full of food. I had a parent who, who, who my dad's kind of main, if only way, really, of showing love was to, like, feed, 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 feed. So I ate... Love, kind of ate non-stop as a kid and it was that like you'd be like can I get you something else 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 and I'd be like yeah 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 and then but that was also mixed with like from him and a little bit from my mum but especially from him like a visceral hatred of fat people oh no but, yeah but, so it was very confusing it was like oh so I meant I definitely you definitely want me to eat this yeah but you're not gonna like the consequences <laughs> so i don't like it's always and i think that's been the root of um of my complicated relation all of the complications in my relationship with eating i think it sounds like a much happier simpler thing to have at some point during adolescence or adulthood gone oh i don't want to no one should ever eat when they don't want to no, <laughs> do you know what i mean no, and no. actually realizing that sometimes you were and going yeah i didn't want that no, no, I can relate to that. I wouldn't say that my mum was something like, oh, you can't be fat or, you know, anything mm. like that. But she, you know, she definitely would comment on my size. I was a sort of a chubby kid, but a lot of chubby I thought I was. So I look back yeah. on pictures of me now and I'm like, oh, I wasn't as fat as I thought I was. But in my memory, I just remember like a much bigger kid and I don't, you know, yeah. all that stuff, you know, in, in your head. Um, and But yeah, my mum was a feeder, so she'd comment maybe on on my size but mm. then she'd be like have another have another sausage or whatever yeah. um, so but I think that's also to do with we're really educated they I mean they had their issues as well every generation issues, but also like we're really educated about food in a scientific yeah. way that I don't think people you know a bit older than us maybe a generation above us were because it was just a case of you could because I think food was less corrupted you could just take it for granted you yeah. could just eat and live and have and be healthy whatever healthy is for your for your genetic body type so to speak yeah whereas you can't do that you couldn't do it you fucking couldn't do it in the 90s not with this not with um you know Iceland selling their shit and not with pet you know the kind but that's the other thing that I we feel eating. like you um, don't that that generation up or maybe even a bit older i don't know but they they certainly it's like when processed food came out and was cheap mm. people didn't like people were like this is amazing they didn't realize that that's going to be full of like loads of extra salt and sugar and you know the stuff that like you were saying i don't know i'm very skeptical about whether things can actually be addictive but it depends on what your philosophy is on the nature of addiction full stop i suppose but um but certainly in terms of like unsatisfying and not nutritionally as good for you as yeah if yeah, you yeah. made it yourself you know I, but ultimately food, yeah yeah, uh, yeah but food, it's carcinogenic it's carcinogenic yeah. It's cardiogenic. Do you know what I mean? This is what this is what we're being fed yeah. You can go on. There's a. You can go. There's like. An, I don't know the term of the word. But there's an organisation. It's like a, the International Cancer Organisation. So it classes everything. So it just says asbestos is cardiogenic. Tobacco yeah. is cardiogenic. Processed meat is cardiogenic. This is this is scientific yeah. fact. Just, and um, it just. But the, going back to what I was saying earlier, like the food industry is really corrupt. You know, they, mm. they have no, they're not interested in, in feeding us or satiating us. They're just interested in, in our in our money. Um, and yeah, that wasn't common knowledge in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, and that definitely led to the contradictions that we were perhaps brought up within, like, eat this. And then, but do you oh, not think as well, like, that, that, that things go in fads like that as well? Because, because the food industry, in cahoots with different governments and in cahoots with the diet industry, are, are so actually full of shit that mm. we seem to get waves of information that we accept as knowledge. So, like... I don't know, I think you're a bit younger than me. When we were at school, uh, uh, fat was bad. Like, fat was really bad. And if you're going to go on a diet, you'd cut out all fat. And now it's like, no, it's sugar. It's sugar that's bad. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm not saying I don't believe it, or I don't, you know, I don't don't think everybody's mad. Somebody somewhere along the line's got to be right. But I still have this bit of my mind that thinks, whatever. By the time my son's a teenager, it will be, it will turn out that... 
it was actually water that was killing us. Well, <laughs> I'm going like, to say something. Listen to Dr. Athena. All right. I'm not, <laughs> Here we go. Uh, this is I'm not, <laughs> let, me, let me put my breast away and I'll be a proper doctor because I can see them sneaking out again. Um, <laughs> so, that would, not that that would make me less of a doctor, by the way. If you were a doctor with your breast I out, would love to go and see a doctor who had her tit outs. Whether she'd just been feeding her kid or not. I just, um, right, Dr. Athena. We get told things, okay, in all walks of life about all kinds of topics. We get told this is bad, this is good, this is bad. But there are fundamental truths, okay, that are always going to be above what anyone says, what fucking, what Dr. Hillary Jones says, if he's still around, um, <laughs> you know, what anybody says. And the fundamental truth about fats and sugars is that they are both good for you, but there are different kinds of fats and there are different kinds of sugars. And the general rule is stay away from refined sugar, okay, and stay away from what they call trans fats or saturated fats, and you'll be all right. And that is that; those are the only two things you need to know. And yeah. everything else is bullshit. And then on top of that, the most boring thing that we all say is actually the most correct thing: everything in moderation. And all of the noise around food and diet and science is fucking bullshit. If it doesn't yeah. say either of those two things, it is designed to promote or sell something we don't need. It is designed yeah. to protect something that we don't need, but they want us to keep buying. Um, it's, it's true. And science I, has never changed. It's been the same since we walked out of the caves. I agree. I, I think you, I think you're making a, a you know a totally valid point. I think just for the sake of a tiny bit of devil's advocacy and in the same oh, thing yeah. with the, with the start <laughs> I'm not a real doctor so you I'm not a real doctor <laughs> either but I, I've just spoken to so many people about eating now and, and, and I just think in terms of how how we best serve our health um, especially as women and especially as inclusive of mental health yes is I think there is sometimes potential dangers in talking about things like sugars as being bad or evil and talking about moderation only in the sense that um, having that in mind can sometimes lead to the same disconnect from your actual intuitive hunger fullness all the all the ways in which do you know? And that's what moderation is. I think what I'm saying is someone else's moderation might be very different. Don't judge other people on their moderation I, because you yeah. don't know where someone is there in their hormonal cycle. You don't know how hungry that person is. You don't know what their metabolism's like. You don't know. They might have had a. They might have just had a shit day, and they need to feed. They need to feed emotionally. They might. Do you know, I'm just saying. I, I agree in terms of the moderation thing, but also I think so often that everything in moderation slogan comes with such a fucking sea of judgment and therefore shame that I'm careful around that language. I think well, that's the point. I actually I agree with you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna refine I'm gonna refine that point. I'm gonna say um, don't overthink it. Yes, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, says the person who's done a whole podcast about it, but basically <laughs> don't, don't, don't overthink it. It's exactly like, it. If you want to eat it and if you don't yeah. eat it, don't eat it. And yeah. then if you feel bad after eating it, think about why you feel bad. But then don't yes. eat it either. You know, yeah, exactly. It, and also, it. even if you yeah. feel like shit after eating it, it's like, well... That's the nature of life. You can't the nature of life. shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a big deal. Um, but don't don't overthink it is the main thing, and we mm. have to teach ourselves how to identify behaviour that is harmful to us. Yeah, that's just such a fundamental life. It's so important, um, and I can't tell any. It's the judgmental thing you said is really important. I can't look at somebody and say you should do this more or you should do this less. But what I want people to do is to be empowered themselves so they don't harm themselves in whatever way that is there's no denying that if you drink two liters of coca which is a massive extreme and people don't do this yeah. it's not a great example but if you do that every day you are harming yourself right so yeah where it, as long as you know where the line is between um relief emotional indulgement fun celebration enjoyment discipline you know all this clean eat this clean eating stuff is even more mm. harmful there's fucking instagram people telling you to fast for five days straight and drink nothing but Fuck water off. do you know what Fuck i mean this is just off. as dangerous to me yeah um, and they're walking around with these they're highly dehydrated bodies showing off all their muscles it's like have a fucking pint of water mate damn yeah. do you know what i mean eat a donut You're, it's yeah. just not great and then uh, walking around yeah. like this so it's not um it's not great, but yeah, don't don't overthink it. That's I'll adjust that to that because you're absolutely right. Yeah, don't overthink it. 
I done? A huge giant goat the size of a hotel starts smashing all the houses and drinking all the sea and nibbling everyone's roofs off and it's pandemonium. It's agreed to shrink back and stop it, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, Athena, blow up 890 paddling pools all by yourself. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're the hero of all people forever and ever and ever. Your prize is a place in history as the woman who saved us all from the goat and and death and um but your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams and the point of having blown up all the paddling pools is that i want you to be like starving i don't want this is not a last meal this is the happiest you've ever felt this is the first of many meals it's a celebratory but also you are hungry so i'd love to know in that happy hungry situation if anything was possible and nothing had any consequences, what would be your most favourite dream things to eat and drink? And if there's a who, with and where, then who, with and where? And none of these answers have to be possible. All right. Well, first of all, I don't eat meat anymore. However, if I no did... No consequences. Listen, if I did, it would be that goat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goat meat is really good. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like goat, a, nice, a nice goat curry, rice and peas macaroni cheese on the side yeah oh. but i don't eat meat anymore so the goat okay. is, the, the goat is very lucky i'm the right person to have chosen for that challenge like, <laughs> uh, um oh, that's a wonderful question it would be um oh it would be definitely i mean it would be dal roti which is a roti with lentil dal in the middle of it um mm. that has been food cooked and it's very nice um so i'd have that with a with a fish curry because oh. what, cause the, the dal soaks up the curry so you eat it with your hands you say you're supposed to eat it and with a, with a good fish curry and it would be salmon um, mm. it would be salmon that fish curry with a bit of white fish because salmon is quite rich um, what's on the side um, oh, I don't know if you know what bakes are but bakes are like a Guyanese semi-savoury semi-sweet dumpling um, mm. and they're quite large they're like a savoury donut and again you, you, put, you, you take your bacon you put your curry inside it oh. and you eat it and that's like, um, you know, this, what, what else can I Lush. say? It's lovely. Um, some cold beer. How can I not ask for a cold yeah. beer on the side after, a yeah. after that conversation with that? Have you got a favourite cold beer? Do you know what? I genuinely don't. I wish I was a beer connoisseur. I'm not really. I'd have a, <laughs> it'd be like something shit like a Cronenberg or a Heineken. Nice, you know, I tend to fine. ask for Heineken's, uh, like I said, San Miguel earlier. Um, yeah, nice. And a shy is that how you say the Japanese? Yeah, yeah that's so uh, lush. But I'm not a huge beer connoisseur, unfortunately. I just thought if I've heard of it, I'll drink it. Oh, I tell a lie. Okay, Star Lager. It's a Ghanaian lager. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can imagine because the reason why these countries have great drinks is because they're hot countries. Yeah. So they're brewed and made to service a particular kind of climate. So yeah. just a little bit more. Little, so Star, Star Lager is a um, is a nice one. It probably tastes similar to one of these ones that we know. Um, Love and it. Who would I have it with? Oh, Ashley Joshua. Why not? Fucking <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> I, I, I eat my partner every day, so what's the point? I'd have Ashley Joshua around, innit? Like, just, just didn't expect you to say that. Why not? Mix <laughs> it up a bit. <laughs> just get rid of it. Boxer in. I hear he's okay. very good company. <laughs> I've heard. I heard, I've heard his conversation is sublime. Um, so you can't. You can't drink baby oil, but I'm ordering baby oil as well. In case it comes in handy for the conversation. For the conversation. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. I genuinely love. I could talk about food all day. Genuinely. Oh, I love, love, loved it. What a funny and fascinating wonder Athena is. Massive thanks to her for doing the podcast. Follow her, please. Uh, her Twitter handle is Athena Kublenu. It's A-T-H-E-N-A-K-U-G-B-L-E-N-U. And check out her podcast. She has a podcast called Keeping Athena Company. I know there's a link through her website, but I'm sure it's findable through all the usual podcast places where she eats plantain and puts the worlds to rights with uh, with one guest at a time. Uh, I mentioned it at the beginning, but I've joined this Acaster support 
thing. Go to supporter.acast.com forward slash hoovering and you'll see where you could help financially to keep the podcast ticking over and growing and bettering. Get the Sunday the 19th of July in the evening in your diary because I'm hopefully doing a very snazzy uh, hoovering live on the internet with some really spangly guests. More details on that soon. Just keep listening and keep an eye on our social medias to uh, keep up to date with that. The the podcast is at the hoovering pod on Instagram and Twitter um, and on Facebook. Subscribe, give us a five star review. Follow me if you like at Jessica Foster Q. Got anything longer than a tweet to send me? You can do it through my website, jessicafosterq.com. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. 